0: OHL Hockey is back. This is the Farwell and Pope podcast. Originating from the 570
1: News studio in Kitchener. Here are your hosts, Mike Farwell and Chris Pope. This is like a back to the future or a way back playback. Some kind of flashback for the both of us, Popper, because you and I both have connections in our hockey past to the guelph storm organization i feel like we might get ripped here in kitchener for that comment but i'll allow it but continue we have to be transparent That's right you know how we feel about transparency oh. hey league when was the last time you
0: let us know about a suspension not too long ago they sent an email the other day actually they did yeah wow i can't remember who was suspended but they sent it it was two suspensions i was a little shocked it came right before or after promoting the ohl player of the week or something well Shocking,
1: right? Here's the promotion about all the great things we want you to talk about. By the way, somebody got suspended. Let's just just prove to the league that we are asking for nothing from it that we don't offer ourselves. So, yes, my OHL broadcasting career began at what was then known as the Guelph Sports and Entertainment Center. The head coach of the Guelph Storm was none other than Sean Camp. Mm -hmm. Some kid named Marty St. Pierre was on the team. Ryan Callahan, Dustin Brown... I'll tell you. Goes back quite a while, and you were a third-string goaltender. I was. Tell you? the story again, because it's one of my favorites. Oh, you want me to tell Please the story? Please do. And then we'll get in, because we've got a great interview that connects to the Gulf yeah. Storm team and a guy that we've known for a long time and admire. But
0: your story, it's one of my favorites. Well, let's just call a spade a spade. I was coming out of high school hockey, and uh, probably didn't deserve to be at that camp, to be honest, facing the likes of Dan Paie. Marty, uh, Nico Tuomi, Ryan Garlock, Tyler Haskins, Ryan Callahan. It was a disgusting Gulf Storm team. Regardless, they told me ahead of time that you're fighting for a third goaltender spot and a, a spot on our Junior B team. We have Adam Dennis, who was later traded to London, won a Memorial Cup with them, went on to play pro hockey. And we have Danny Taylor, who we just signed as well. He was from Kingston. He went on to play pro hockey, played in the East Coast NHL. Uh, so they had their two goaltenders signed. I was like, <laughs> I'm just happy to be here, man. You gave me money to live in a hotel and eat candy. That's what I was thinking. Now, I happened to be there with my best friend. Um, so, fast forward, we're playing an exhibition game, and uh, the other goalie on my team was Adam Dennis. Well, on the other team was Dan Pye. He was coming off captaining our world junior team. And he comes into the room during the first, intermi- first or second intermission, I can't remember, and he goes, says to Adam Dennis, he goes, Denny, you stole me on that breakaway. But next time, and Denny stops him and goes, Pies, Pope's going in. So Dan Pye comes, sits down next to me in the in the dressing room, and I'm starstruck at this point. I've always been a junior hockey fan. I've loved the World Junior Tournament. I'm like, this is Dan flipping Pie And he sits down, he goes, Poper, when I get a breakaway next, and he leans in, he goes, and I will get one, I'm going to fake the shot, and I'm going to go backhand shelf so you can stop me, make yourself look good in front of the coaches. And I'm thinking... I don't even know what you're saying, man. I can't believe you're sitting next to me. That's what I'm thinking about heaven. I'm like, okay, cool. That's sweet. And everyone kind of laughs. And I I swear to you, we go out there, and I'm, you know, shuffling up the ice in my crease, and I'm sitting in there. I'm like, holy cow, I just talked to Dan Pye. This is so cool. There's my mom up in the stands. Hey, mom. You know, I'm like, okay, here we go. Hockey's fun. Pie's lines up for the draw, snaps it back to the D. They go back into the own zone. He circles high in the blue line. They go D to D, find him in the middle. He's not a breakaway. I'm like, (laughs) it did not take you long. It did not take you long, sir. And he came in, and I came out to challenge, and I thought to myself, I am about to stone Dan Payet. You are, because he told you exactly Exactly. what he's going to do. Fake the shot, backhand shelf. Fake the shot, backhand shelf. I'm like, I'm not going to bite on Oh, there's a fake. (laughs) And I go down, and he (laughs) roofs a backhand like I've never seen. Bar down, and I'm like. Wow, did he make me look silly. I was probably a foot and a half outside of the crease. It was not my most flattering moment. And he comes into the room at the end of the game or at the next intermission, and he goes, "Pulp! I told you what I was going to do. And all the boys just start howling. And I'm this shy little 16-year-old going, yeah, yeah, oh, that was a, it was a good move. Got me. Made me look like an absolute fool.
1: Dan Pye might have been a pretty good junior hockey player and then not too bad an NHLer yeah, either so and, hey
0: and a great dude who does that to a 16 year old goaltender coming off a world junior camp where he captained the team he's telling you what uh, did he captain the team or was it that year anyway whatever uh he was a, a fantastic player in this league and and for him to come in and sit down next to a 16 year old and tell him what, what he was going to do yeah and he still beat me that's how good he was we uh share the stories so that A, we're transparent and B,
1: you know or remember now why we are away up here doing this and the players are away down there doing that. Isn't it funny? A eh? Pies where are you right now? <laughs> huh? Not on the Farwell and Pope <laughs> podcast. What'd you do? What'd you <laughs> do with your career? He is at underscore Chris Pope. I am at Farwell underscore OHL. Use the hashtag ask F and P on Twitter. There has been some controversy with video review in this Rangers. Storm first round series we've got a little bit of a story to share about that coming up later in the podcast here's a little heads up for you it's nothing new are you listening still OHL but let's get to the
0: star of this week's episode simply known as Rusty Russ Hammond has been around the Guelph Storm since the beginning of time I think it was him and Larry Malott their play-by-play voice that founded the Guelph hockey team i thought they carried the uh stone tablets up mount sinai they, they might have yeah they actually might have um the guy has seen it all he's been through it all and he is an absolute uh legend of this ontario hockey league simply known for rusty Rusty, just on the way out here, we saw Fedor Gordev almost bump into you. I think the guys have gotten a little bigger since you first started this job.
2: Uh, <laughs> slightly bigger. Because the last game Friday night when I see Torpachenko going to the net and he took about five players with him as he went to the net and put that one goal in. Uh, no, we have a big team. There's no question about that. Uh, I think gordy has got a lawyer too, so I'll check into that.
1: <laughs> you know, since we're talking about the players, let's just go to that point. Do you, uh, Rusty, are anonymous with this organization having been here since the inception and you've seen a lot of good clubs come through here how do you uh, look at this team this year stacked up against some of the others you've seen uh,
2: you know mike and chris that's that's a good question i've been asked that i don't know how many times uh at the start of this playoffs to compare this team with probably the 214 team which is uh, an exceptional team and you know to be quite honest, they're two different teams. The 214 teams was a born and bred Gulf Storm team. We developed them. We brought in Kirby Reichel and we brought in Ebert. Uh, and I don't, can't think of anybody else, but it was a born and bred developed Gulf Storm team. Uh, we're in new territory, the Gulf Storm, with, uh, I don't want to use your word rental because that's not fair to the kids. Because what we've done is brought in exceptional, exceptional players from two or three teams. And uh, when I say that, uh, that's probably 11 guys. You guys would probably have a better count than I have. So this is brand new territory uh, for us. So you know what? Uh, On paper, but you don't win on paper. On paper, uh, no series should be close with this team, uh, except maybe Niagara because they've done the same thing.
0: You you mentioned some of those players, and we've talked about in the media about how this team is going to uh, affect the chemistry, how these new players are going to affect the chemistry down the stretch. And We've talked about you've been around a lot of teams with some good chemistry, I'm sure you've seen some teams with bad chemistry. How have these guys integrated with this hockey club?
2: Uh, Very well, and part of the reason is there's so many of them in here now. Uh, uh, We don't have a lot left from... From our draft days uh, on this team anymore. So, uh, and the ones that are uh, the uh, Cam Hillis and them, uh, it's been exceptional. Now, you bring in guys like Entwistle. I'm just going to pick on him for a bit here, but he's a special guy. Uh, He can talk uh, uh, to media. He knows how to handle media. He's a professional. He's just a great kid, and you know he takes that kind of leadership. And I think George saw that when George was in Hamilton, and. uh, you know just an example of uh, Entwistle um, and you talk of bonding after Friday's game he walks down the hall everybody had long gone the Rangers were just eating their meal down there and he comes down with three guys says Rusty these are all my school teachers from Georgetown they're up here to watch me play and, like that's incredible but that's the kind of character and uh, even the guys from uh, from Owen Sound uh, uh, Jersey and Phillips Phillips is special also uh, with that bonding process So, well, is there a problem? No, not at least. And I think when you start bringing them in like George did, he's very careful on on venting them and uh, finding out who can and who can't mix in with the team.
1: Rusty, you've been here long enough, and I say that with love, uh, because it's, uh, you, as I said earlier, are synonymous with this organization, but you've been here long enough that you saw George Burnett version one and George Burnett version two this year. Is there a difference uh, between the Burnetts?
2: Uh, yes, to be blunt and honest, uh, there is a difference. You have to remember, George was not the general manager. Uh, Uh, back in 96, 95, or 96 or 97, uh, when he was here before. Uh, Not so much a change in George. And George is a special individual where uh, George has his finger on everything and to his power, that's the way he's never changed that uh, in the 22 years since he left here. And uh, 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 he wants to be involved in everything, and he... Let's us do what we have to do, but he's strongly involved in everything that's done. Uh, Now the kids have changed dramatically since George was here before. Dramatically, Uh, you know, you don't, you, you didn't used to see agents down halls after games uh, and things like that, and you know, now they speak up. Uh, a lot of times kids uh, uh, we try and groom them I'm sure Danny does on the Kitchener side when there's an issue you come to the equipment guy or go to the therapist well now the kids seem to want to go right to the GM or the coach or their agent and it, uh, that's blanket right across the league
0: how, how tough is that like how's your job changed from when you first started and you had those players coming to you with issues and, and I'm sure your job has changed a lot from even just the day to day from back in the day to now today
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what, it's, it's changed, but once, once you uh, have a chat with the uh, the kids, uh, they understand uh, where you're coming from and, and what's going on. And a lot of them will say, oh, I didn't know that, or I didn't realize that, you know, I should maybe come to you guys, equipment guys, or that if I have some issues. Uh, so it, in the end, it all works out. It all works out very
1: well four OHL championships for you with this club a chance to uh, be the equipment manager with Team Canada I think some kid named Sidney Cros- Crosby was on that team uh, can you pick out a highlight or two from your time as an equipment manager in this league I would
2: I'd like to say it was our first OHL championship but you know what I remember and I'll, I'll go to my uh, deathbed remembering the day out on my patio I'm having some beers in the middle of the summer and uh uh, I got a call from Calgary uh, I had applied for the uh, World Junior in 2000 in uh, one uh, and, won, and uh, I'm sitting there and uh, I got a call asking them if I would be interested in coming out uh, to Calgary and working with the World Under 18 but back then it was called the World Cup the World Under 18 team so uh, of course I, I played coy and I said well can I have a, a millisecond to think about it <laughs> and I gave uh, gave them the answer, and I went out there, and from there that led into the uh, a three year relationship uh, with doing the uh, World Cup, uh, uh, the first ever Canada Russia series, and the World Juniors. And I still say that group of eighty fives that I worked with is the best ever team uh, of World Juniors, because that's the Crosbys, the Seabrooks, the Finufs, uh Uh, The flurries uh, go on and on and on. That group of 85s, if you research, was just phenomenal. Now, uh, a gentleman by the name of Sullivan put the winning goal in (laughs) uh, over Fleury's shoulder. (laughs) And uh, that was the end of that. So a silver medal. And it took me a while. And, uh, you know, my kids and everybody said, uh, said, you want a, a silver medal? And we're bred when we go there that silver and bronze don't count and that's totally wrong but we're, it's bred into us now i don't know if well danny lebowl will let you know if that's changed now but it's bred into you. nothing matters but that gold medal and that's wrong where's the medal uh you know what i back in those days uh the equipment managers were asked to take extra jerseys and we would take extra jerseys and hand them to the coaching staff and the therapy staff. And we each got a jersey, and then they stopped doing that. So it hangs in my rec room with the medal around the jersey with my name, uh, name bar. We had name bars made up and name on the, on the back. And that's where it's said. Now, Hockey Canada stopped doing that, I believe, uh, for the staff
0: that year i was playing junior b in this city third goalie for the storm so i knew rusty really well i remember that goal because there was a bunch of us like guys like danny taylor mark prestig litwin uh nathan spalling who's going to be here tonight a good friend of mine yeah yeah we were uh we were all going or at school and we were all like chirping each other the american kids were getting into it with us and i remember watching that goal and flurry coming out to play that puck what was the emotion like after that
2: well, we thought we could still come back, but unfortunately, the clock wasn't working with us so, on that so no it's like it's like and I still have uh, the video of the end of it while we're we're out getting our silver medals, and uh I, I couldn't care less about and that's like yeah. after a while, you think you know that's dumb uh, because that's pretty special a silver medal at the world Junior championship
1: you know. All of these things you've been able to do, not the least yeah. of which is represent our country yeah. uh, with, in hockey. But you're a Guelph boy. You've got strong roots in this community. Yeah. And you were not too long ago inducted into the Guelph Sports Hall yeah. of Fame. What does that mean to you? No. You know what? That's probably the highlight of my
2: life, uh, being inducted as a trainer. Uh, now, we were also inducted as a team. So I'm in that Hall of Fame <laughs> twice. Uh, actually, George is in the Hall of Fame with that team. Uh, So anyways, that was something that I don't know where that even came from because I hadn't known or heard of any trainers anywhere being inducted into their hometown Hall of Fame. And uh, that was quite a special night. Uh, Dave Branch came up. Uh, to that event a, a lot of the uh, ex-NHL players came up uh, Danny Cluche who till this day I uh, have a very special relationship uh, and he was playing with the Canucks uh, they all came up and uh, it was a really great night and uh, that's probably
0: the highlight ever of, uh, of my career it's a well-deserved highlight of your career because you look at the names that have come through this organization and they did a really nice piece on the wall down here where they listed every Guelph Storm player that has played for this team. And you ask any of them, then you bring up their time in Guelph. I'm sure somehow, some way, Rusty comes up. Oh, was Rusty still there? How's Rusty doing? You've seen a lot of people come through this organization. Who stands out?
2: Uh, Danny Cloutier, number one. And we only had Danny for a very short time, but we had his brother was our captain. And Danny was the reason that uh, uh, Sylvan was the reason Danny came for the our first ever Memorial Cup run down in Peterborough. Uh, and that was the reason. And, and Danny was just a special guy. And you know, I can go on like uh, till this day. Ryan Callahan is still playing with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. He's a special, special guy. Dougie and I keep in touch with him. His dad, we still chat. And uh, he's gone through some injuries this year. He's not a young man anymore in the NHL, and he's probably coming to the end of his career. And there's nothing more than I want Ryan Callahan to uh, to uh, win a Stanley Cup, but down there, and also. Over the years, and probably the Rangers are the same, a lot of players married golf girls, and they, after their careers, NHL career or AHL, they're right back in this city. And uh, every once in a while, we'll see them. They'll sit up in our owner's box, or they'll uh, drop down. They don't like to come down. They're professional. They don't like to come down uh, w- during a game. Or, But sometimes I'll get a call from a pub, come on up to the pub. We're having some drinks after, and we'll go up. So there's a lot of... Uh, and I think the Rangers have the same situation over there in Kitchener. They just love the city they play in and the people in the city.
1: I want to take this just a step yeah. further because I've, I've got yeah. fond memories of this city because it's where I first started broadcasting yeah. in the OHL, and you were here. Ryan Callahan was actually on one of the earliest teams I covered oh, when really? I was starting out. Yeah. But you're, the, you're a constant, and in this league, Rusty, we see a lot of change. The players, of course, because they can only play so long, but they move on to pro careers. Coaches, managers, take your pick, but here you are, the constant. Even broadcasters move on to different places, different leagues. Why? Why did you stay in the Ontario Hockey League all these years?
2: I stayed, uh, Mike, because I had two ownership groups Uh, I've I've gone through. I don't know how how many coaches. I couldn't (laughs) count the coaches and GMs, but I was involved with two ownership groups, the first one being Jim Rooney and company and John Healy and those guys, and now the new ownership group uh, with Rick Rick and uh, uh, who am I missing here? Scott, uh, Scott, yeah, Scott Scott Walker, yeah. Scott, a good my good friend Scott Walker. Uh, so they have allowed me and taken the trust in myself to allow me to do my job, and never, ever, ever, in 26 years, interfered with what I do. Sometimes they question, but that's their right to question. We there's dialogue, but the ownership group has never interfered and trusted in our ability to run the equipment. And the, as you know from Danny over on your side, the equipment is huge, huge. I mean, it's not just for standing on the bench with our arms folded. <laughs> uh, like my grandkids. Think.
1: That's the only <laughs> thing Grandpa Rusty yeah. does. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, so so I, uh, I would think it, it was that. I mean, I've never wanted to leave Guelph. I've had chances to go to Guelph or to leave Guelph uh, because way, way back when Jack Kent Cook owned the... Uh, LA Kings. Uh, and uh, he came to Guelph and brought the first ever LA Kings team around. I was a teenager then hanging around. And, uh, you know, I, I met a lot of good people. My dad was friends with them. And, uh, uh, you know, I've had a chance to go to the American League. Uh, when Jeff Jackson coached us, I did a lot of American League games in Hamilton. Uh, because if a team was coming in and for some reason the equipment guy was sick or had a problem, I'd go down and uh, they'd pay me cash, U.S. dollars, and I'd go and go in and work some. But Guelph was my home. I loved the city. My dad was in politics here in the city, and I just never wanted to leave.
0: Going back, you mentioned 26 years, Guelph being your yeah. home. How did it all start?
2: It started because
0: in the Tier 2 days,
2: all my buddies close friends were playing Junior C we had a Junior C club back then I couldn't make it the only, <laughs> way, the only way I could hang out with them was phone Lou Embro yes, yes. and say can I be an equipment manager is that what they're called <laughs> and that's what started it and then uh uh uh, because I've worked in junior hockey now 36 years I w- it's funny because I was just sitting down with the wife doing uh, uh, trying to do my history in hockey and uh, it's 36 years this year uh, in junior hockey and uh, the OHA I was 10 years in with the Guelph platers, yep. Guelph holiday platers the Guelph bees and then they changed to uh, the Guelph fire and that's when Mike Kelly I went with the, uh, the storm uh, uh, after that so the OHA was great, my roots are the OHA, and you know what? I can remember when I first started in the OHA uh, or with storm D- or Danny Leeboat was teaching a course. He had come from Sudbury, excuse me oh, he had come from Sudbury, joined the Rangers, and the OHA was putting on a trainer 's course for equipment and, and whoever because back then there was no such thing as a therapist. therapists weren 't even around yeah. a trainer is a we 're true trainers us. Danny, myself, Doug, were true trainers. Therapists are a different thing. So Danny used to teach a course in uh, uh, level one or level three that we all had to have in the OHA. And I remember the going to those courses.
0: <laughs> Real quick, just on that note, there's, there's a brethren amongst trainers in this league. Yeah. Can you describe that? Oh, it's hard to describe.
2: I mean, there's a handful of us now. Some teams go through trainers like, uh, like water opening the tap. Uh, but there are a lot of teams, like the Rangers, like us, like Oshawa. Uh, uh, Owen Sound now uh, has consistency. Uh, 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 there's not a lot of us, but we have a bond that is beyond belief. If, if there's an issue, uh, a health issue with any one of us, everybody's on board helping out. Uh, and, you know, a while back I had a therapist say to me during the uh, season, why are you guys helping out their equipment guy? Like we help each other out. Even on a game day, uh, uh, something breaks, uh, a rivet comes out, we help each other out. And uh, I said, because we work together to do that. That's how we work. Whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. But uh, that's a brethren that all of us have. It doesn't matter where you go. The equipment guys will work with each other to solve a problem that your team had. Even though we're playing
1: tonight, we'll help each other out. You've taken uh, a half a step back with uh, not going on the road games anymore. In fact, when we first wanted to record this with you, you were down on some tropical vacation somewhere. And you deserve it. Don't get me wrong. But do you miss the road at all? Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I do not miss not. the road. And, and
2: you have to remember, I, uh, it's been a, a two-year process of weaning Doug who used to be my assistant, now Doug is the head guy. And I step back and I work home games, but you're going to see me on the road in the playoffs. Because as you know, everybody, uh, I don't know if you're aware that Danny was in here the day before the game unloading. Dougie and I will be over in Kitchener setting up. Just so the guys when they get off the bus, they just walk like the pros do. They just walk in, their room's all set up for them. And so in the playoffs, I'll travel with the team uh, because there's that extra work that has to be done and uh, we're going to do it. But the bus rides no not at all and mike you guys and chris you guys know it's you know those trips don't sound those eight hour all night get home at six in the morning and
0: whoa (laughs) it takes a special family to be part of the ohl and a thank you to everybody who uh deals with all of this but when we see someone take a step back like that recipe we begin to wonder we're like see. It can't be done. Like we just we grew up with Rusty in this organization. Rusty's here till the end, of course. Like yeah. Guelph doesn't exist without you. Is this part of yourself weaning out?
2: Uh, yes. Yeah. And you know, part of part of the uh, part of the issue uh, was as I stepped back, is Dougie is the new head face. Okay. And. Uh, there was a slight concern but i didn't have any concern that you know the kids will still keep coming to me when they see me around that has never happened we will don't allow that to happen i am the helper i am dougie's helper now and there's no issue whatsoever with that and uh the kids all on the team know that dougie's the main guy not rusty anymore uh and uh we do that I mean, uh, this summer, uh, I came in alone, and I didn't want anybody around. I stripped my room. I don't know if you guys remember my...
1: Chris was talking about uh, this before, yeah. I, uh. I came
2: in, and I, I completely stripped my room to let Doug do his own thing in his, in the room.
1: What did that feel like? Because you and had memorabilia. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, it
2: wasn't a good feeling. Uh, it's Well, we've been here since 2000, so there's almost 20 years just in here of memorabilia from everything, from ex-players and... You know my personal uh, achievements and uh, team achievements, and uh, no, it's it took me two or three hours. I put it in a box. I sit down and look, and you know, and, and and I know, but you know, it's better. It's better for the kids. It's better. Uh, uh, Dougie is uh, probably in his uh, 40s. Uh, I'm a little older, <laughs> uh, and it's better for the organization. It's time when you step back. Now I like the way I'm doing it. A lot of teams wouldn't allow that. They would say, you know what, Rusty, when you're done, you're done. Shut the door and get out. A lot would do that. My ownership group is a special group of three guys.
1: One more for you, Russ, because I know you have to go help Doug and do your job today. (laughs) But uh, you talk about being here since 2000. You had a chance to hoist a championship trophy in the old barn uh, here in Guelph in front of the home fans. That Memorial Cup has remained elusive. Do you ever let yourself think about the what-ifs around that getting that ultimate goal in junior hockey yeah uh i'm bitter
2: quite frankly uh that uh i don't know anyone who's been to five memorial cups and george took us there in spokane washington we lost in overtime uh i'm still trying to get my head around how we lost in 214 uh we went through that tournament undefeated not even a hint that uh, we would lose and you know what you lose one game you're done so you know there's a lot of you can point fingers all over the place the fact is we didn't win it uh, so uh, this is probably my last go at trying to win a memorial cup and you know uh, it's I don't know if the fans understand the difficulty it is to win a memorial cup it's very difficult like you guys won, Danny won one over in uh, two thousand three. Three, yeah. Uh, okay, and they're special. It's very, very difficult to win. You can be the best team ever, but if everything isn't aligned, you one game, you're out,
0: you're done. For my money, it's the hardest trophy in sport to win because you only have four, maybe five years in this league at a time, and your team has to be going for it at that specific time. And there's so much that needs to line up, as yeah. you said, Rusty. I just want to go back on a much lighter note to end this off. You mentioned that room, and I have childhood memories of my uncle being a goalie coach here, Mike Parson, Mike and Parson. him taking me in yeah. to that room and yeah. him, him introducing me yeah. to the elusive Rusty. <laughs> this is Rusty, and I was we go into that room and I was just staring around at, and I still remembered. I was talking to Mike about it on the way here. Yeah you taking apart that room what were some of the memorabilia pieces throughout your career that people could, would would want to see that you have you call that light poor guy
2: <laughs>
0: you know what uh i took two
2: photos down of the concept drawing of our home and away original jersey that side away up high uh that were thrown in the garbage when they left the old rink and i took them out of the garbage because that's I'm a big on history Uh, some people aren't but I'm huge on history and uh, you know and I look at them and I think back to when uh, Ron Ivney was supposed to be the coach but he wasn't because he was hurt and Mike Kelly had to coach and at that time I was still with the tier 2 team but we were side by side like I walked through a door and and the guys we used to mingle Billy LaForge would uh, uh, his son was playing with us but playing with them, and but the two teams were mingling all to, all the time together but anyways it was things like that and uh, uh, my world junior memorabilia my first championship uh, pictures uh, uh, the, you know you take them down now they're sitting in a box in my garage and I can't convince my kids to do it and my my grandkids they'll look at them sometime and so you know that was special like that room was jam-packed Chris it was uh, insane (laughs) but you know uh, I want to say one thing and uh, I've made I have a relationship with the media that I hope all the trainers do you guys are something special it doesn't matter where we go the media are great to the uh, equipment staff and trainers it's unbelievable and you guys don't get enough credit for the uh, work you do uh uh, I can go to Sault Ste. Marie or Danny can go to Sault Ste. Marie We can go into Saginaw the media people have a
1: relationship with equipment people that is beyond compare uh, I can tell you it's vice versa because everybody that gets new into this league I'm like just get to know the trainers the trainers yeah. will take care of you along yeah. the way yeah. uh, you guys mean an awful lot to us the other way around too we know and, who run things Yeah,
2: yeah. and you know what media is special and teams need media like, we lost the newspaper here in town, and we felt it. Uh, so Tony does his best with the online thing, uh, but it, it's not the same. The radio broadcast, uh, your last game, I'm sitting in Costa Rica sipping beers, listening to you guys <laughs> on on Radio Canada. Yeah,
1: there
0: you that go. That blew my mind. There you go. Blew my mind. Uh, How was Costa Rica?
2: Uh, warm. Yeah. Like 36C like like <laughs> every day. But uh, I can't say enough about how the media has been great. And uh, we were just chatting before with Danny down there about the early global TV
1: days. Yes, the ser- Jack Miller uh, calling Jack games on Miller Saturday, on Saturday afternoons.
2: Yep. And that was a big deal. Sure was. Oh, shit, we're on TV today. <laughs> <laughs> now Sportsnet reels in, and you go, ah. Oh, <laughs> But I shouldn't say that because uh, we'll be seeing you guys in sports night I think on you will. Thursday, Thursday night. night I think. Yeah. Yes, sir.
1: That's yeah. the hot rumor.
2: Anyways, thanks for this interview, guys. That, that was great. I enjoyed uh, chatting with the fans on my history. And, uh, you know, we'll go from here. It's, it's an, honor. an honor. Thanks, yeah. Rusty. Thank you.
0: I'm so sad that he tore apart his office. I really wanted to take a picture because I remember going in there, as I said, as a, as a young kid and being introduced to Rusty with my uncle and just staring around that room. And thinking, holy cow! Look at all of this memorabilia. I wanted to sit in there for hours, and I just thought Rusty was the coolest kid at that point in time. I want to. I told my story. How did you go from Guelph to coming over to Kitchener, and how did they not shoot you upon walking on these apps? <laughs> you know, you would have or thought. Or rather, Hopper, going over to Guelph because you're a
1: Kitchener kid. Well, and I got to say this real quick on just what we heard. I know that we geek out over junior hockey, but I hope that listeners took as much pleasure from that interview as we did with the you know i was sitting on my back deck having beers when the call came in from calgary and dan cloutier this and this player that i mean those are the stories i don't care what level of hockey you enjoy that's the stuff of the game and the training staffs are the unsung heroes so real quick on my end it's not too much there's not too much to it you would have thought it would be the other way around because i'm a born and raised kitchener boy right so Mm -hmm. when i'm a kid and there's a Highway 7 rivalry with the old 12th Platers, and I'm sitting here watching Brian Bellows and Jeff Larmer and Al McInnes in the red seats here at the Memorial Auditorium. It's a whole different story. The Storm, or the Platers, the franchise, should not have been pleased with me. So I just, I won't even tell you the story of how I got my audition that wasn't really an audition that led me to doing the games. Let's just say, right place, right time. Next thing you know, I'm standing at the Guelph Sports and Entertainment Center. They
0: weren't the Platers then, though. They were the Storm.
1: When you they went, were the Storm right? by the time I got there. Okay, but yeah, the franchise, when I go back to my yeah. roots of junior hockey, of watching the Rangers and Kitchener, yeah. right? So they should not have wanted anything to do with me. It's a good thing the old arena was closed because I would travel there to watch the Rangers play did they the t- old Guelph players. Did they tear
0: that down? Yeah. I thought so, right? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was downtown as well. They she took it down. Yeah, that's she what gone. I thought.
1: So it was, it was almost an accident. No, it, it truly was an accident that I ended up on the Rogers TV broadcasts way back then and in Guelph of all places, but it was just kind of a progression of uh, opportunity. I started out as the host doing the between the benches stuff, eventually moved up into the booth to do some color commentary, and then they shifted me over to Kitchener when there was a color commentating opening here in Kitchener, and then... The play-by-play came open, and the rest, as they say, is history. I worked with some guy named Mike Torquia for a lot of years on the TV broadcast. He didn't do much either, eh? We had a blast. You know, I, well, no,
0: yeah, plug. No. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And then that other guy, he didn't do much either. And they've been stuck with me here in Kitchener ever since. Suckers. So there you have it. A little tidbit just to show you how far the game has gone and what Rusty has seen. You know, Obviously, way back in the day was one thing, but even when I was there, they put me up in that hotel, um, and they gave me a roommate. Uh, my best friend was also in that hotel. We both played on the same high school team, and they called us up for the same tryout, and they gave you some cash for food because you're away and you're living at a hotel. <laughs> well, that hotel just happened to be the Holiday Inn right across from Stone Road Mall. We come from Palmerston and Drayton, respectively. Palmerston. We don't have malls. <laughs> <laughs> We put on, I'm not kidding, we put on our Storm shorts they gave us, workout shorts, our Storm gray t-shirts, and walked over to that mall and walked around like we were just... You're the cocks of the walk, eh? And you know what? We took all that money they gave us for food and we bought candy. (laughs) We did. We did. There wasn't like, do you want to go work out? Should we go for a quick run? Let's go get candy. That reminds me of (laughs) not too long ago, right? Junior hockey,
1: baby. Let's not forget, we look at them under their equipment they're so good at the game you forget cedric Sheemans, an import player with the kitchen Rangers, just a couple of seasons ago we were on a road trip and we made a stop we were going from erie to windsor of all trips to make that's the way this one worked out so we're driving we're stum- we'll st- we are still somewhere stateside we pull over at one of those roadside gas station convenience store places whatever but this particular stop had row upon row of candy it was it was more like a candy store than a convenience store with the You know, the drinks and the chips and all that stuff. Candy, candy, candy. And Cedric says to me on the way back to to the bus, he says, that's a whole store full of candy. Like, because he'd never seen anything like this before back home in Germany. But he was blown away. He also had pockets full of the candy. Yeah, well, he maybe should have kept those candies (laughs) in his pockets while he played. Anyway, just Sadie, I love that guy. Absolutely. Bring all of this full circle as we stick with the Rangers and the Storm and the longtime connections. Larry Malott, whose name I think we've already mentioned, the longtime voice of this guelph storm franchise and going back to the platers days but larry has been around this team for as long as anyone can remember and there was a little bit of controversy not that i am certain it would have changed the outcome of the game at all in game three but the bottom line is there was flat out a blown call on a play that should have been offside the video review was simply missed the goal stands in favor of the guelph storm even though it should not have they went on to win the game 6-3, to so again, who knows if the one goal would have mattered, but it certainly changed the complexion of the game at the time, making it a 4-2 Guelph lead instead of a 3-2 Guelph lead. Having said all of that, there was some conversation in the media room before the next game about that very play, and Larry says, let me tell you, 1996, it reminded me a little bit of Don Cameron. You remember how he used to of tell those stories, right? He always had these great stories and could describe the shot and the player. So Larry says, let me tell you, 1996, OHL final, game seven, overtime, Pete's and storm, and Peterborough scores the winning goal in overtime. And it was offside. It was clearly offside. I still haven't forgiven Prizzy for that, Bill Prizniak. There you go. He, so he still remembers. <laughs> 1996, Popper, now they didn't have video review back yeah. then, but it just goes to show that this has been a bit of a problem in the league for quite some time.
0: Every team has the offside or the icing or the penalty that should have been called. The Leafs are still using Gretzky as an excuse despite that franchise sucking for twenty years. They would have won over yeah, okay. Montreal that sure. year. High yeah, stick is a absolutely. high stick, he drew okay. blood. Five minutes. For sure. Okay. Yeah, okay. You every know, every franchise has one. Every media member remembers one. Every player remembers one. That offside had very little effect on the game in my mind.
1: I am trying to talk Poper into the continuation of the Farwell and Pope podcast until the Memorial Cup trophy is awarded. Tweet him at underscore Chris Pope. Use the hashtag AskFNP and let him know that you're clamoring for more episodes.
0: And I keep telling Mike they've heard enough of us rambling on. They've heard enough of us blowing hard. Tweet him. <laughs> let him know. At Farwell underscore OHL, that when we're done, we're done. We're done for this episode. I'm Farwell. And I'm
1: Pope. There's more to come (laughs) on the Farwell and Pope podcast. This has been the Farwell and Pope podcast, posted weekly. If you have questions, topics, or a story you would like to be covered, simply email mike at 570news.com. The Farwell and Pope podcast originates from the 570 News studio in Kitchener.